This podcast is brought to you by Sport Tribe, the Tribe Talk. On this podcast, we invite sports enthusiasts to come and express their passion for the sports they love. The show also highlights the individual stories of fans and how their pursuit of sports brings happiness to their lives. So, welcome to the Tribe Talk. This is your host, Anna. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Tribe Talk, brought to you by Sport Tribe, wherein we are trying to build a tribe around a game played by 8 odd million people, which is the Fantasy Premier League. Uh, as we all are taking a breather from the frantic activity during the transfer window, uh, which just ended uh, four days back, we are going to review Game Week 3, played over the last weekend. Uh, we will then try to understand the implications of a certain CR7 coming back to Premier League from an FPL perspective. Uh, in other words, should FPL managers break their teams straight away, heading into Game Week 4, take hits, uh, play their wildcards to get... Uh, Ronaldo in, etc., etc. So we will discuss all that. Avin and Bhavan join me, who have been a part of the first two game week reviews, uh, and a debut for Mr. Thad. Avishek, welcome. You've had a stellar start to the season, I believe. Not bad, not bad, not a bad start. Yeah, better than what I thought. <laughs> it's always it's always good to have a good start. Okay, so we'll straight away get on to the game week three game stats. Uh, so there was 26 goals scored, only two home wins. Uh, with four draws, uh, four clean sheets in all out of the 10 games. Two clean sheets were at home, two clean sheets were away. Uh, average goals per week is now gone down to 28. Obviously, the game week one was a was an exceptional one, uh, which, which had 34 goals. So the average will would was supposed to go down. So it's now at 28, which means there are still 2.8 goals per game scored on an average uh, every game week, which is still relatively higher than um, so obviously this is a very sum, uh, small sample size as we as we go along we will see the number drop uh, before we start with the game week 3 review uh, with the with these three stalwarts that we have to today i would just like to spend 2 3 minutes in explaining a couple of uh, important metrics uh, used these days from from an fpl manager perspective whether you're playing fantasy premier league or or champions league or any other fantasy uh, which is xg and xa XG obviously stands for expected goals. XA stands for expected assists. Now, I will start with XG. Uh, so XG or expected goals is a very simple tool uh, which can help us in understanding a few footballing nuances uh, which eventually take uh, help us in taking better decisions when it comes to fantasy aspect of it. Now, bear in mind, uh, this particular metric does not help in predicting the game results. So it, it does not help in the prediction of you know match results. It's only used for basically picking up your strikers or people who are who are XGs are higher or lower, whoever it is. So XG, uh, expected goal, is based on a given probability whether a given or a particular shot will result in a goal or not. In other words, uh, XG shows how good a shooting chance was based on how likely similar chances were to result in a goal. So, for example, just to put in numbers, XG of 0.7 means if a shot was taken 10 times, it will result in a goal 7 out of those 10 times. Now, the closer the shot is to the goal, higher the XG, obviously, because you know the chances are higher of scoring from a, from a closer position. Wider the angle from the goal, lower is the XG because of a tough angle. The expected outcome of a goal is very difficult from there. Headers get lower XG than shots. 
Uh, now, XG data needs to be taken with a pinch of salt, right? Uh, we can't 100% uh, believe in it. Uh, there are different models out there. Opta is one of the famous ones, but Opta does not account for defender's position when a striker or an attacker is taking a shot. So it does not uh, take defender's positions to, uh, position into consideration. That's why the XG given by uh, XG published by Opta is relatively higher than other models. Uh, another aspect to consider is XG does not account for who is striking the ball. Now, who means the quality of the striker? So that doesn't really matter here. Hence, uh, just to sum it up, XG is somewhat useful for assessing strikers or attackers or attacking midfielders uh, with a potential high uh, points uh, from, from a fantasy uh, perspective. It is just one part of the whole tool set which are used by FPL managers to understand teams and their formations and make a decision on why a player should be picked up and all. So we move on to expected assists, uh, which measures how likely a pass that ends in a specific area will be to end up in a goal. So basically assessing how quality a chance uh, was created by you know any player. One thing to note here is that the pass does not have to end in a shot for it, for it to have an XA value. So whether the striker, whether the pass is made from Rafina to Bamford, so we will only assess the quality of that pass. Whether Bamford goes for a shot uh, on the on the goal doesn't really matter. That means every pass on the pitch has an XA value to it, which will range from zero to one. Pass obviously in one's own half will have a much lower XA value vis-a-vis -a, -vis a pass in opposition's half. Uh, now, this value obviously depends on the type of pass, uh, origin of the pass, as in where the pass started from, which what part of the field, end point of the pass, uh, and speed of the attack. There will be an XA value to a pass, even if the pass results in no goals. Like I said, it doesn't really matter what the striker uh, does after that pass. So just taking into account the actual assists of a player can be misleading, as it, as it just takes into account the striker's finishing capabilities as well. Rather, so XA removes the striker out of the equation, so that helps us really in picking up players whose, whose XA values are very high. So hope this, this will help you all to understand more deeply on what we all are going to discuss now uh, when, we had, when we start with the Game Week 3 review. All right, boys, uh, so we'll start with the Game Week 3 review. Any, any particular game which uh, was really of interest to you in terms of stats or your team that you currently have or which, is, which helped you uh, in making transfers uh, in maybe future? Obviously, the most important game for me was the Arsenal City game. But from a fantasy perspective, uh, I was obviously, uh, I had captain Antonio. So I was uh, hoping obviously that he gives points up, up front because there are a lot of people who had captain Bruno. I didn't want to lose out on that. So that, that, that call worked. Uh, so that was of interest. Second, uh, I really was... Uh, uh, I'd taken one of the punts of taking out Ings and getting DCL. And I'd used two of my free transfers to adjust him in because I had to take out Simikas and uh, get in uh, Livramento and, uh, and to, to get Ings to DCL because I didn't have any uh, ITV. So that was another call which I'd taken. Luckily, I think both the calls worked because uh, DCL gave nine points. I think Ings gives four or five. And Antonio worked. The match I really followed from a perspective of uh, looking at uh, future prospects was the Wolves versus United one. 
because that's why I'm really interested in getting a couple of guys uh, from Wolves in, in the future couple of game weeks. Right. Any any particular player you have in mind who convinced you? Yes, this player is definitely going to come back, come into my team in future. So there's there's somebody there's Semedo in defense who I'm really keen in, but not now. Uh, probably a game week later. Uh, between uh, Jimenez and Traore, I had to take a call whom to get in. Uh, I won't get both. Uh, I had I have Wilson uh, up front, uh, who I was really who was supposed to be my makeshift at the beginning itself. So I probably uh, would go for uh, Jimenez rather than uh, Traore. So that's that's mostly where I am turning towards. Uh, Avin, uh, any particular game uh, or Bhavan? Would you anybody can start? Uh, what Abhishek said, I think those games were interesting to me as well. Uh, Wolves specifically to check who do I need to bring in in the next few few game weeks. Uh, obviously, everybody wanted uh, uh, West Ham to do well. I think most of the folks had captained uh, Antonio, so it was it was good to see him uh, uh, get a decent haul of 11 points. Uh, but I was also actually uh, interested in watching uh, you know Aston Villa versus Brentford. I wanted to. Uh, you know, I wanted actually Tony to do get some points. I, I I had I have him in my team, and and before the fixtures turn worse from game week six onward, I just I just hope that you know he gets some points so that uh, he you know stays in in few teams and and there is not a mass exodus of 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 him from uh, a broader team. So the fact that he scored a goal, uh, I don't see his price falling that much. Uh, next two games are again something that he can probably. Uh, fire and then obviously Villa to remove him. So that was another game that I was keenly watching. Uh, Villa versus Brentford. But uh, apart from that, I think uh, it was an okay week. Uh, it wasn't that bad. wasn't that great. Uh, I've already made one of my transfers getting in a, a Wolves defender. This is why I was just kind of interested in the Wolves game as well. Right. Apart from that, I was staying put. Who would that be? Uh, is it Semedo or Cody? No, I've I've already bought in size. Uh, again, uh, little little more attacking threat from 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 the wings. Uh, I, I had some money in the bank, so I, I wasn't uh, kind of restricted with bringing in Cody. I was at 4.5, I believe. Uh, so, I, I've taken a punt on size. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, because uh, Wolves fixtures from next week on till at least, I think, 14th game week look really uh, I think amazing on paper. And, uh, you know, they start, the next game week starts with Watford away. The Watford at home can be tricky, but yeah, Wolves, Wolves have looked good in the last three game weeks. They were unlucky to not even get at least a win, uh, especially against Ma- Manchester United last game week. I think their their XG was 2.25 versus United's 0.53. So, they were quite unlucky not to even get a point out of that. So, Anuj, I, uh, for the game week, made one transfer. Uh, was initially planning to get uh, Rafinha in for Mahrez. And then on Friday night, saw Tony drop in price. So, that point uh, one induced me to make a switch from Tony to Adam Armstrong. Uh, lost a point there. Uh, but thankfully, even Mares blanked. And, I'm sorry, Rafinha blanked. So, Mares outscored him. So, uh, neither move would have made a, much of a difference. In terms of the games, uh, I think the one game that really... couple of games that really stood out for me was one, the Brighton-Everton game. Uh, so, as... Uh, you know, we'll see going ahead. Uh, I think Everton have some great fixtures and they did themselves no harm with that performance at Brighton. Uh, they absolutely swept them off the park. Clean sheet, goals for the key attackers. Uh, everything kind of uh, went to plan if you were looking to scout Everton assets. 
and right. the other game was really the liverpool chelsea game i think that was a very interesting uh, game game of two halves if you ask me uh, yep. chelsea burst the game till the first half end and then the red card incident and that kind of changed uh, the game completely so so those are kind of the two games that stood out in terms of points uh, pretty uh, average week uh, small red arrow uh, went from about 52k to 88k Uh, the good thing right. is uh, have true transfers in place and uh, some surgery needed going ahead so you you got in uh, armstrong you said that that is for game week 3 right that's right so okay. tony to adam armstrong was my move and i banked my other transfer right so so you obviously are kind of of belief that southampton uh, obviously the next two so next three out of four fixtures are tough which is west ham home city away wolves home then chelsea away uh, so is it will he going to be your mostly on your bench or how is it going to be or what's the is there a game week range that you have kind of looked after that okay armstrong i'm you going to unleash armstrong then so if you look at uh, southampton's fixtures i think uh, the two tough fixtures that stand out are man city away and chelsea away right. in week 5 and 7 correct uh, so the idea is for me to have uh, actually a money ball squad of eight attackers and mm-hmm. i keep benching one out of the eight depending on the fixture uh, so probably he'll be making uh, the bench for those two games and if you see fixtures seven game week seven onwards uh, it's a huge sea of green so that's kind of the temptation with him and his stats also look pretty decent so that's the reason i went for him the other thing that i'm trying to do is Uh, not use my wild card in game week seven. So try and look at popular players, which will probably be targeted when most people press the wild card button. So that was one of the other reasons why I went for it. Yeah, because uh, from game week uh, nine onwards, I think Southampton, Burnley home, Watford away, Villa home, Norwich away. So these four do look as in fixtures on paper, which can get Armstrong some points. Because and I think he he is look he looks like the main uh, the go to guy because Jay Adams is. kind of more of a feeder now to armstrong that's right in fact che adams uh, plays even deeper uh, there is armstrong and there is another midfielder elian usi uh, i hope right, i'm getting right. the name right uh, who are kind of more often than not in attacking positions okay okay and obviously the other game which you mentioned uh, liverpool versus chelsea you rightly said it was game of two halves uh but i think the one thing which stood out of the game was uh, how chelsea was resilient in second half and and uh, you know looking at chelsea's fixtures moving from game week 7 the defensive assets obviously lukaku is uh, it's it's a no brainer but the defensive assets can really be uh, which can attract a lot of uh, purchases from fpl managers i think the the, the performance was just just to be champion like performance in the second half so yeah the, the defensive assets also look pretty attractive Absolutely, absolutely. If you could tell me two nailed Chelsea defenders, uh, the triple <laughs> will surely on. All right. Uh, so any other? So obviously not fixture wise. Any other uh, asset leads or uh, will special basically teams whose whose fixtures are turning? Uh, any any asset who you are looking to get in maybe let's say game week five or six. Uh, which really kind of uh, convinced you, Abhishek? Uh, any were you were, are you tracking leads? Any of the leads assets? So I already have Rafina. Uh, okay. I I may go in for Eiling 
if i really need some funds out uh, one thing i'll be doing is uh, i will be uh, uh, taking out my united assets over next two weeks so i have two shaw and bruno uh, i'm not on the ronaldo uh, bandwagon yet so i'll probably take both of them out and uh, so there i may get an eyeing but that that depends uh, the other big one which already i think bhavan spoke about is uh, after game week 6 i think if you don't have two or three guys from chelsea you would really miss out on points so i think that's really important to plan and uh, nail in game week 7 so you're taking out two uh, united assets you said yeah over next which, uh, couple of game weeks yeah okay so you are i'm assuming you're not doing the wild card i am not doing the wild card i'll, I'll probably not even I'll, unless i really uh, uh, goof up i don't even plan to do the wild card in game weeks after game week 7 uh, i think if i can get in and plan two chelsea guys by game week by end of game week 6 uh a wolves defender so three of those guys in next three weeks i think i'm sorted so united has new newcastle home and four west ham away five which obviously is can be a tricky one so if you look has, at yeah, yeah. So, so if you look at after newcastle the only easy game is probably villa home till game correct. week 11 correct, till game correct. week 11 right fixture wise doesn't make sense so are you indirectly saying you are going to be staying away from ronaldo or yeah yeah unless he goes berserker unless obviously goes berserker and uh, and you have no other option but to get him in but otherwise given normal circumstances i am not looking at ronaldo till game week 11 at least yeah because game week 5 to 11 uh, you know obviously it's uh, from any fixture fdr perspective i think man united is at the bottom uh, so it would just be i think if you if somebody is really playing fpl from a stats perspective from a from a more information gathering perspective uh, and if somebody really goes with the fixture planner or fixture tr- uh, ticker i think it doesn't really make sense getting into uh, ronaldo but i think more of the ronaldo discussion we'll have in in, in just some time uh aven you are you you obviously got a wolves defender any any attacker yeah no job probably you know i i i plan to get one midfielder or attacker from wolves uh, i think uh, uh, probably game week 5 or 6 uh, when i would want to switch uh, tony uh, and or uh, fernandes uh, that's where i probably make a couple of changes or might take a minus 4 and 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 try and just rejig the team a bit obviously if we look the look at the fdr's uh, wolves and arsenal and to some extent leeds i think they have the best set of fixtures over the next 6 7 weeks uh so i think all my transfers in uh, are going to be across those three teams i am not going to look at you know somebody like like a lukaku until say game week 7 or 8 as abhishek said uh, my plan uh, on ronaldo is going to be similar uh, you know i can take a goal or assist here and there from him that's that's absolutely fine i would rather have a large part of the fan base uh, you know use and take ronaldo in and burn themselves over the next 6 7 months just for a uh, 6 7 weeks sorry just just to get that emotional thing out of the way i would rather stay away from him because i think uh, a 12 and a half uh, a forward where you have a lot of other options like yemenes uh, bamford with the fixtures that's coming in antonio obviously with the form he's in and and the fixtures are kind of on and off so i don't think he'll get dropped um, so you know there are a lot of options in the in the, in the forward line uh, so 
I, I'm not going to look at United assets, uh, at least for the next five, seven weeks. Uh, so, Wolves and Arsenal, uh, and to some extent, Leeds. So, looking at Jimenez, uh, if not him, then uh, Traore for sure. Uh, or might double up on, on Wolves' defence. I mean, they, they've, they've, they've done well defensively as well. Arsenal, I have White. I might go in with, uh, or might pick one of the younger midfielders, depending on how they perform against uh, Norwich uh, the coming weekend. Uh, Leeds again, uh, Bamford might be somebody to look 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 forward to. Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves uh, in the next uh, you know six weeks after after the Liverpool game looks very appealing. Good good that you brought uh, Arsenal in uh, name into the picture. I you know from game week four to I just checked from from in in terms of the fixture perspective from game week four to game week. Uh, 20. Uh, if we see all teams' fixtures, Arsenal is still number one in terms of the difficulty rating. Arsenal is first, Chelsea is second, and uh, obviously four, game week four to 20 is a huge thing. But the point is, are people looking at Arsenal assets here? Uh, how, how many of us have any of? Uh, do are people stick still sticking around with White? Uh, anybody has White here? Stuck with. I, mean, I have. Yeah, I have White. Uh, I, I'll stick around with him. Uh, but again, the the attackers, Anuj, uh, probably one one more week, we'll get to know a lot uh, how they're going to be shaping up and how they play against Norwich. Obviously, with some players coming in and and getting to fitness, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think Oba, if he starts scoring, can be a good differential over the next uh, few weeks. At 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 his price, he's not that expensive, and uh, and then the fixtures are obviously appealing. Right. Uh, okay. Uh... Gavin, let's uh, you. I believe you have a few stats on for us on uh, XGC and XG perspective. So let's start with that. Uh, so Anuj, uh, again, uh, like we did last week, putting up a few standard tables that we can use across weeks. Uh, and as you said earlier, the current tables only show three to four, three weeks of data. Uh, obviously, with time, uh, these stats will become more and more helpful and richer. But uh, to just uh, take you through uh, the first table that we have, uh, which is looking at the worst defenses. And uh, basically, we are using expected goals conceded as a measure of the quality of the defense. So teams with the highest expected goals conceded are basically the worst defenses, the way we see it. Uh, and the, top, the bottom five, the worst five defenses based on the first three game weeks are Arsenal, Newcastle, Burnley, Leicester, Norwich. So if you see between game week two and game week three, when we did this, uh, no new additions, so to speak. Uh, again, those same names stand out. Uh, Arsenal, of course, because they played uh, City and they were a man down. So obviously stats uh, don't help there. But uh, the teams that I would say would be kind of great candidates to target or to captain your attackers against uh, continue to be teams like Newcastle. Uh, reminder, Cristiano Ronaldo plays Newcastle next. Burnley and Norwich. And Arsenal and Leicester are probably two outliers. Let's see if they kind of maintain uh, their position in this table. So that's how the defence uh, shapes up right now over the last three game weeks. Uh, the next table is for the best defences. Uh, so the opposite metric. The lesser expected goals conceded, the better is the defence. Uh, the top five there is uh, Man City. Villa, uh, of course, the fixture run helped them. Uh, biggest surprise, if you ask me, is Brentford in at third. Uh, Wolves and Everton. So these are kind of the five uh, defenses that have been fairly tight. 
uh, I'll repeat the names Man City, Villa, Brentford, Wolves, and Everton. So these are kind of uh, good teams to target from a defensive standpoint. Uh, the third table is for the best attacks in the league. So again, looking at expected goals, uh, which are the teams that had the highest XG over the last three game weeks. No surprise uh, to see Man City on top again. Uh, Liverpool are a second. And actually, the 10-man game against Chelsea helped them. They were not in the top five, but they've jumped into second place now. Uh, West Ham. And again, uh, Wolves and Everton. So, in terms of uh, you know the data, uh, it clearly tells you that Wolves and Everton are two teams uh, which we should target. Both have great fixtures. Both have done exceedingly well, both on defense and attack, uh, and uh, could be targets for future moves that a lot of us are planning. Right. Yeah. Abhishek, you uh, Bhavan mentioned Brentford in terms of the defense is looking pretty has looked pretty decent for a, for a promoted side. Uh, and obviously, I think Raya as a goalkeeper from Brentford is the only one whose price has risen. Uh, I think it's 4.6. Uh, in terms of saves also, I think he's, a, he's he's the third highest or the fourth highest, if I'm not mistaken. Are you looking to get him in? Because Brentford's fixtures are not that, not that attractive, uh, apart from Brighton home, the next one. And then they play all the top five, six teams after that. Who are your so, keepers uh, as well? If you could just mention that as well. So I have uh, Backman, who's the uh, Watford keeper. So I'm not mm-hmm. probably going to. I'm not looking to change him. Uh, his fixtures look okay. Uh, I have other priorities of uh, getting, as I said, Wolves and Chelsea guys in. So, yep, maybe a few differential points there, but not on focus right now for me. I don't see myself changing that at least till game week eight nine. After that, maybe uh, that's when I will trigger my wild card. That's when maybe the change comes in. But who who is your second wait. keeper right now? So second keeper is Foster, who's just supposed to be warming the bench always. Yeah. So I I, I went All with right. the strategy of having one keeper uh, at least till I wild card. And you said you you are intending to wild card in game week after the second international break or no? In, I mean, let's say nine ten around that time. Okay. And okay. uh, that's when I see maybe a lot of fixture changes will again happen and then it doesn't make sense. As of now, it just doesn't make sense to, to waste a transfer on a, on a keeper for me. Right, right. Uh, all right. Uh, yes, Bhavan. So you mentioned on the defense targets. Uh, obviously, it's the, the, the given ones as looking at what the fixtures they have played. And looking at what fixtures are going to come up for Wolves, Everton. Absolutely, Anuj. And uh, to just add on the goalie, uh, if you ask me, uh, the early signs uh, tend to point that uh, uh, the Brentford keeper could be uh, this season's Martinez. Because if you see in terms of defensive stats, of course, they're doing well. Uh, The other stat that I really look at for goalkeepers uh, is to look at what their baseline bonus points are. So basically, if you have your goalkeeper keeping right. a clean sheet, you want him to get those, you know, save points and bonus points because that can easily translate a six-pointer to a ten or a eleven-pointer. Uh, the sad part is the template goalie that everybody has right now, Sanchez, is very poor on both counts, so he doesn't accumulate enough right. bonus. Uh, he's a very poor passer and don't get enough, uh, doesn't get enough save points. Uh, that really stand out is, I think, one, the Brentford goalie, Raya. And the second one, uh, which is a surprise, because Crystal Palace as a defense have done very poorly, 
but uh, their goalie has accumulated a lot of bonus so you know the fact that vera is trying to make them play from the back pass a lot uh, and the fact that they are poor defensively means he gathers a lot of safe points so i would say my two right. uh, goalkeeper candidates whenever i wild card uh, because it's hard to make goalkeepers which is using your free transfer would be one of uh, raya or goita and i think goita is again a 4.5 right yes absolutely okay uh, so let's get into the midfielders now sure so uh, anuj uh, again some stats uh, for us to get discussing and i think the midfielder discussion is uh, is a more interesting one than the forward because for forwards you are seeing a very clear template emerge so what we have again looked at is player data uh, for the top 10 midfielders based on expected goal involvements so basically we are looking at xg and x assist together Uh, any goal involvement uh, the top 10 names and i would uh, you know love to uh, open this up and ask for anybody if they could guess the top name uh, my sense is uh, it's a surprise uh, the top 10 is basically led by mahrez uh, riyad mahrez who's been on the oh, bench right. for two of the games right. uh, but is still top for expected goals involvement followed by a few usual names so you have triore at third sala mount grealish torres sterling and then you have a few uh, differential names like mane mane who's uh, on in the second spot actually ahead of sala but obviously his conversion is very poor and in ninth and 10th position you have gallagher and you have elionosi the southampton midfielder so those are kind of the top 10 midfielders to look at a large amount of uh, city representation uh, based on how they started Uh, but i'm not sure uh, how many of us are planning to get or actively looking to get city players in i mean you have any city player right as of now or are you planning not, to get not yet not yet not planning uh, grillish uh, uh, was somebody some someone that i was thinking but again uh, uh, not sure i'll probably have to wait a few more weeks to to figure out once they are through that chelsea liverpool game i think then uh, then is the time uh, i'll probably bring in somebody too much rotation i know they had a couple of easy fixtures arsenal obviously with 10 men one uh, you know they created a lot of chances and i think what uh, bhavin was also saying a lot of these creativity uh, and threats from midfielders also depends on how much of position they have how the opposition has been and and you know who they have obviously played against and, and so on and so forth uh, i would rather wait for a few more weeks uh, and then then see see how the team is shaping up before getting somebody in KDB probably would be would be one to look out for uh, because you know with, within all the rotation I think he's going to be one constant. Uh, Mahrez, you know Sterling. I I just think like last year they they'll probably not spend 90 minutes per uh, game week in week out uh, to to have them in the squad. You know Gallagher is another Gallagher of uh, Crystal Palace is another who has looked really uh, attacking. Uh, you know and I think out of all the 10 games last week. the most surprising result for me was uh, west ham versus crystal palace especially west ham at home uh, and they conceding two goals with gallagher scoring both uh, i think he is the one uh, in the first three game weeks who has hit the woodwork i think once or twice uh, has looked super attacking and i think uh, crystal palace has bought another striker uh, eduardo if i if i don't know what the, the, the exactly the name is uh, you know they can't rely on I think what what Vieira is trying to do is not just keep sending crosses for Benteke to head. Uh, I think he's gonna he's going getting Eduardo obviously 
for for more uh, attack to come from the midfield. So so Crystal Palace, we already spoke about two assets. One is the goalkeeper and one is Gallagher. So, but I'm not sure what's their fixture ticker like uh, in terms of FDR. But uh, you know, these these are the assets which uh, people can look at in terms of uh, to be like a differential pick or, or something. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to let's move on to the attackers now. Uh, forwards is is, sure. is is Antonio ruling the charts there? Oh, absolutely, by a long margin. Uh, so again, looking at uh, the forwards based on expected goal involvements for the last three weeks, uh, Antonio is topped by a huge margin. Uh, so not only has he got the highest expected goal involvement, but his outperformance to the expected XGI is also the highest. So he has had seven uh, goal involvements, and his XGI was 3.58. So he's top of the charts on both counts. Uh, Calvert Lewin, uh, matter of fact, is a close second. Uh, he's been very, very, uh, you know, high on the XG starts uh, chats as well. Uh, the others is again a bit of, uh, uh, you know, more the expected names. So you have Callum Wilson there, uh, Lukaku at four. Again, uh, caveat being he played uh, two games uh, only as opposed to three for the others, and one of them was against uh, Liverpool with half a game a man down. Uh, Gabriel Jesus is uh, there in the top five as well, uh, and rounding out the bottom half are our favorite uh, budget strikers. So you have Bamford, you have Adam Armstrong there, you have Raul Jimenez, uh, Mope, Vardy, uh, Woods, uh, sorry Wood from Burnley and Ings. So those are kind of the last uh, seven eight names. I think Ings, Ings anyways is now. I think uh, Aston Villa has the worst. Uh... Fixtures in the, in the I think the next six seven games, so he's he's the most sold striker, anyways. Uh, so I think his stats will definitely I think he'll definitely be out of the temp, top ten table of yours. Uh, I think a couple of interesting ones there is obviously we spoke about Armstrong and how Southampton's fixtures turn around from game week eight. Uh, what do you guys, uh, Abhishek? What do you think about how Jesus has been has been used by Pep in terms of from, as as a right uh, from the right side? He's been assisting. His goal involvement is quite heavy. Uh, I think he's 8.6, if I'm not wrong. His value has risen. So, between him, uh, I'm not sure whether you are looking at him or Torres. Uh, what do you, what do you, uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, how City is now, since they haven't signed any striker and uh, Aguero le- uh, kind of leaving the season la- at the end of the last season. So, what do you think about these two assets? Are they, are they here to stay or who is more certain to start games? I wish I wish I knew who <laughs> who was going to start games uh, for City. That's yeah. that's the biggest problem I think. Uh, and the problem with that is that when you uh, invest nine or you know eight plus, you really want that attacker to play game in game in game in game out, right? So right now, am I looking at going for City? No. Also, fixtures don't look that great. Though City, it never matters. They will score goals. Come what may. Uh, they play Chelsea and Liverpool away in six and seven. So till then, we'll probably wait. Uh, that's one. I know we're talking about attackers, but there's one position which I'm eyeing is with Mendy out with whatever he's done. Their left back uh, position would be interesting to see whether last game they started Cancelo, whether uh, they're going to switch to Zinchenko or Cancelo is going to play there. And then if that's if I see that happening for a couple of more weeks. That's very interesting because that guy plays on the right also. So, he could right. be a guy to go towards. So, 
if i'm looking at city i'm looking at getting a defender rather than an attacker i right. chip in here if uh, you ask me uh, yeah, yeah. on on this entire city discussion so i think uh, the fact that jesus is doing well uh, and that too in that right uh, wing position uh, augurs really well for torres i think uh, torres is given the fact that city have not signed a striker uh, pretty much they are going to play with the false nine until at least until january and my sense is for the tougher games you would have probably somebody like a kdb playing there as a nine or if you are chasing a game maybe jesus comes in later and plays uh, kind of up front uh, but for the easier games and for the larger majority of the games i think torres would be a great shout matter of fact he plays a false nine for the spanish team as well so that kind of also helps uh, in terms of his getting used to the role and i think if you have a man city attacker uh, who's priced at 7 million and plays in the false nine it's just a gift too hard to too tempting to ignore Uh, so part of the reason why i was talking about having eight attackers is also to have insurance for the odd game that pep uh, kind of decides to uh, you know roll all of us over and bench torres is to have some sort of insurance and then have one of the man city attackers because i think right. the, while i buy the fixture argument but in the first three they also had spurs and arsenal and they completely smashed uh, you know across the board uh, in terms of stats So I think uh, Torres would be a great point uh, sooner than later. Marvin, just a question: When you say eight attackers, you're counting uh, TA as an attacker or a defender here? Uh, no, Abhishek, I'm looking at my fifth mid. So somebody like a Gilmour could easily be upgraded to say a Damari Gray or a Traore, and I'm looking to have eight attackers who I would be happy to field any given game. Yeah, so I think a lot of people. take ta as a 7.5 obviously you you are taking assets into your team considering how many points they're going to give you and uh, people do consider ta as a 7.5 not just a defender but as a 7.5 asset across the categories and how much point is he going to give is he going to give you if you if you stick with him is he going to give you around 160 to 180 kind of a bracket which uh, return uh, obviously 200 plus is is a big ask uh if he has the clean sheets he might even touch 200 but uh, if he is he going to do 160 plus 170 plus uh, i think he can so so yeah I, i would i would count him as an attacker okay uh, let's move on to uh, the main reason why we have <laughs> during this session is uh, obviously uh, because of the frantic transfer window which we had and uh i think one of the biggest uh, if not the biggest transfer windows for epl lukaku coming in Ronaldo coming in on the last day, which was again a huge saga for, especially for Man United and City fans, where he was going is going to end up going. So, from my FPL perspective, guys, uh, uh, you know, obviously there are two, two, three aspects to look at it here. One is whether you get Ronaldo straight away into your team. Uh, one is that, right? And obviously, a sub part to that question is, do you take hits to get him in? Uh, because I'm sure most of us have. Bruno's, uh, uh, I think Bruno's ownership is around fifty, fifty-five percent. I'm sure it's gone down now. Um, so, what what's the thought process in terms of uh, uh, when to get Ronaldo? You know, we'll, we can start with Abhishek. Abhishek, uh, what do you think? CR seven uh, should we really be comparing him with what he did uh, when he was in Premier League last time? So the first fallout for me is that Bruno can't be taking penalties anymore. If Ronaldo is playing, so that itself, I think, with Bruno priced at twelve, puts a question mark whether 
one wants to own him given a given his price that's one second is uh, as i said i think united have really bad set of fixtures after the newcastle game uh, till i think game week 10 or 11 so to me it's wait and watch also if you're going to spend 12 and a half on ronaldo you have to look at three other two other guys which is kane is at 12 and a half he's actually dropped to 12.3 now i guess and lukaku is at 11.5 and i think he's moved to 11.6 so given would i go in so first i would rather go in with the fixtures assuming all three would be equivalent in terms of their goal threat all three would be on penalties i'm actually not sure if lukaku is on penalties but uh, given that i would rather play fixtures and form uh, and keep switching if required so yes so if if lukaku has amazing game weeks from game week 7 get lukaku in if ronaldo starts firing move that pro- pro- position probably in game week 11 to help ronaldo and, and play that uh, i think that would be the strategy i am thinking of taking or obviously tweak and have more premiums and and then get more people like gray etc in my team uh, which releases value so those are the two things to do for me later on but as i said i am not getting on the ronaldo bandwagon at least till game week 9 but do you think ronaldo is fixture proof or would you like to do an eye test on him and how uh, ole as a manager really gets a superstar like him because it's it's a it's a huge test for ole as well uh, uh, he has never handled obviously though he has handled cavani and he has been handling pogba and who which which who has not been handled properly till now till this season so do you think and it's a do you agree that it's it's going to be a proper test for ole as a manager yeah probably uh, really doesn't matter to me uh right. really honest uh, really not a united uh, no, from a, follower, from a, i'm saying i'm saying from a fpl perspective it, it should matter from a fpl perspective yeah. my take is will ronaldo keep getting a goal or assist yes uh, but is there a chance that uh, if i have lukaku from game week 7 onwards will lukaku give me hat tricks a couple of hat tricks in next those three four game weeks there's a decent chance i mean if you look at game week 7 southampton brentford norwich newcastle burnley between game week 7 to 11 and why would i not assume in those five games uh, a lukaku would give me 6 7 uh, goal stroke assists uh, where who is and who is 1 million cheaper and 1 million cheaper and i don't really expect ronaldo being ronaldo uh, in the same period they have everton leicester liverpool tottenham manchester city to give me those many goals i mean as as simple as that it's not about who it is i think it is just the the opposition they are playing right right Abhin? no i agree I, no i agree with abhishek uh, pretty much uh, I, i said this earlier uh, i'll i'll wait uh, even if he gets in a brace here and there a goal or assist doesn't matter i think he's he's priced quite high anyway uh, if i have to get him in i'll have to compromise uh, you know my fifth mid uh, or maybe the fourth mid as well and that kind of just uh, takes away the balance of the team uh, and surprisingly he's already picked up by 15% of the managers so as i was saying if 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 he doesn't fire in the next two three games uh, i don't know i'm not sure whether he's going to start uh, the next game i don't know maybe bhavin you you probably have a better view on that but i think minutes are going to be managed in the beginning uh, all said and done he's he's not the ronaldo of 25 27 year old uh, you know there's greenwood there is uh, there is sancho there are other players i think the minutes have to be managed uh, i think given all that and given the uncertainty right now i i I, I would say manager should probably wait for a few weeks, see how things are, how United is playing, how Ronaldo is playing, who is on penalties, 
Bruno's record on penalty is better than Ronaldo's. Uh, so, you know, there, there could be uh, something that, that Ole has to probably decide. Who is going to be on free kicks? Once everything is clear, then probably there's enough time to for us to kind of get him. Uh, and if you think that uh, game week 9, 10, 11 is a good time to uh, to get him in, and if you can save the wild card for that for that period, I think we can uh, we can use that and, and get Ronaldo and other players in at, at that point in time. But yeah, as Abhishek said, Lukaku, maybe Oba with the Arsenal fixtures, Antonio can't be removed, DCL has a good set of fixtures, Bamford might be the ones who might, you know, far outstrip his points to... Uh, goal uh, uh, ratio. Uh, right. I, I would say that might be better than Ronaldo. So, I, I am not signing him or taking him right now. Uh, wait for a few weeks and then decide. But would you be keen on getting him uh, let's say if he gets a, even a like a 10-pointer against Newcastle from 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 bench, uh, which is possible. Uh, his price rise is inevitable. Uh, would you be then after 2-3 weeks keen to spend 12.6, 12.7 on him and get him and where things might get more tough in terms of your team yeah. formation. No, I agree. I, know. I think that's a, that's a that's a very tricky situation for every manager. If, if people don't have yeah. him and then he, he gets a double-digit haul uh, next weekend. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, uh, it all depends. I don't know how much of a price rise can somebody, um, you know, get to. Uh, if they're already starting at a 15-20% base, at least first week, thankfully, he's locked at this point in time. Um, we'll have to see that. I, I don't know. If other assets really do badly next week, uh, then I might be pressured. But looks unlikely as of now. Uh, I think a 10-pointer should not should not change my uh, change my decision. Because one just thing is to, for sure... Yeah, yeah, go for it. Sorry. Just want to add here, there's one other guy who's at 12.3, who's Kane. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he obviously is the most consistent, one of the most consistent FPL point scorer and goal scorer. Uh if you look at fixtures from Tottenham perspective, around 9-10 is when their fixtures change. And I think it's it's going to be very tricky to uh, to just probably avoid him at that point in time. So, I, I think I think this year it may be that you have two premium forwards, which is between Lukaku, Ronaldo and Kane. And probably just Salah in mid. Uh, and then really play, uh, make your team around that. I think that could become one of those template teams going forward. Marvin? Uh, thanks, Anuj. I, I think uh, there's a clear lack of Ronaldo love, so let me jump in and add my bit <laughs> here. Uh, so, I think if you ask me, I kind of have a very uh, different uh, thought on this one. Uh, because if you see, uh, you know, two things that really stand out, uh, in terms of his involvement, uh, to my mind, I think there's no doubt that he starts minute one of week four. Uh, he's had his rest. His quarantine will be out of the window. He's not playing the last qualifier. Uh, so everything tends to suggest that he will be playing the center forward role. Uh, probably Kavani can, uh, you know, be subbed on or get the next game after that. Uh, but I don't see any risk of Ronaldo not starting. The other thing that's uh, also relevant is, uh, you know, in terms of the other players, uh, there is a little bit of a, a fitness doubt over Sancho, which means uh, Greenwood is a natural fit on the right. And then on the left, you can play Pogba and have Marshall on the bench. So, you know, the really uh, decision point is to have either Cavani or Ronaldo as the forward and the rest of the, uh, you know, attacking positions uh, solve for themselves. So, I don't think there's, there's any debate. Uh, the way I see it is you either get Ronaldo now or you, or you don't get him 
at all till game week 13 14 so if you see his fixtures uh, game week 4 is probably he's going to be the standout captaincy uh, choice for many uh, as evan said he's already at uh, 14% ownership by deadline i expect him to be over 20 25% ownership uh, and he will definitely be the most captained uh, player Uh, so that is one point. So you are really going against the template and risks, risking a big red arrow if he fires. Uh, the second thing is the impact that he has on Fernandez, as you know we've been discussing earlier. Uh, again, the way I see it, I don't see any reason why uh, Ronaldo will not be on penalties uh, at all, uh, because despite long-term uh, track, if you look at the Portugal team as well, Ronaldo takes them. So I see no debate there also in terms of. Uh, where the lion share of the penalties and spot kicks will go uh, the most in- interesting thing which i think uh, worth is worth looking out here is game week 6 so the idea to really look at ronaldo is because you need in terms of your uh, squad structure heavy eaters who are perfect candidates for captaincy and that's where i'll chip in here and you know look at uh, the uh, the other premium forwards so your lukaku's your kanes for example so the way i'm seeing it is if you have a ronaldo sala partnership uh, you are sorted for captaincy for the next 3 weeks so game week 4 you go ronaldo game week 5 you go sala game week 6 now this is where it gets tricky uh, sala plays away to brentford who we've already discussed are a great defense and are at home uh, we saw what they did to arsenal so no reason you would expect sala to get a huge haul there the other fixtures are really really tricky so you have city playing chelsea and you have arsenal playing spurs and united have villa at home so pencil in a scenario where say ronaldo scores uh, and hauls against villa uh, my sen- sense is game week 6 he will be 40% owned and by default be at 12.7 price and be majority captain right. so i don't want to be late on that uh, honestly my idea is to get ronaldo immediately and then move him on for lukaku game week 7 or 8 whenever the right time is so that's really the way i'm looking at it and i think the other thing that also happens is that because most of us have bruno uh, i think we have a ready made kind of replacement so in two moves you can go from say bruno and ings to ronaldo and any budget midfielder of your choice to my and even if you have to take a minus 4 for it i think that hit pays off over the game week 4 5 6 stretch So to my mind, I see no reason why you shouldn't go for Ronaldo. No, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fair point of view, uh, Bhavin. I was as I was saying, uh, I I would look at a a block of eight ten games. That's how I like to plan. Uh, as I said, ten pointer. If my alternate captain gives me a goal and a, you know a couple of you know bonus points, it's not going to be bad that bad. Unless of course Ronaldo gives the fifteen seventeen point haul and 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 the other captains are are struggling at two three, then I think. It's a different ball game, but there's a lot of ifs and buts. Uh, we'll have to see how things go. Uh, there are two games, and then outside of that, everything is else is a tough game. And Ronaldo, being Ronaldo, uh, he's not going to be the same guy who who graced Premier League 13, 14 years back, right? So let's see, let's see how things are. Uh, again, but I respect uh, Bavin's strategy. Evan, here's my counter to you. Uh, game week seven. Who do you sell Lukaku for? I'm assuming Lukaku is a shoe in for your game week seven team. If you have Ronaldo, isn't it a easy transfer uh, single move that you can get Lukaku in? No, can be. Uh, Bavin can be. I think I'll I'll have to look at my midfields also at that point in time. Obviously, 
I'm going to stick around with Salah for a bit. Uh, except for Man City and United, uh, other, other games look very, very appealing. Uh, you, I, I can do- obviously. I am going to downgrade, uh, downgrade uh, Fernandez uh, very, very shortly. Uh, I think after the next game, and I'll have some uh, funds in the bank, and you know that can just help me switch uh, either Tony to Lukaku or maybe just just go from DCL to to Lukaku. So I'm personally not in favor of jumping uh, on the Ronaldo bandwagon as yet. We have not seen him play uh, the Premier League, obviously, for a long time. Uh, I really don't know how it will shape up. And as I said, you know, I would rather rather wait for a week or two uh, and take the risk rather than just, just go in and uh, and you know screw my team. Like maybe 20% of the managers probably will end up. Uh, Bavin, on your on your captaincy on game week six uh, uh, point, uh, there's one another captain which stands out. Another potential. Uh, Striker who can be captained is uh, DCL. Is DCL. Not yeah. Norwich. Uh, that's what yeah. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And it's Norwich at, uh, and this match is Everton home, where uh, you, you know the you know the st- uh, attack attacking stats for Everton are setting second to second or third to West Ham or Liverpool, uh, because he has Burnley home at four as well. So it's basically Everton versus Burnley home versus Cristiano Ronaldo, who uh, uh, obviously as a Manu fan. Manu fans have been. They hope that he starts from the first. He starts the game, uh, uh, and that's why I was talking about how Ole really manages this whole situation uh, about uh, whether you know CR7 has been bought in. Whether uh, it's 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 a huge upgrade for Ole as a manager as well. As in, uh, like I said, he had been handling Pogba and stuff like that, but CR7 is a different beast altogether. So what do you think about that? As an Ole as a manager, his, his capabilities and his uh, obviously it's very emotional to start him, and his game is at Old Trafford, and so on and so forth. Uh, but try 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 to think from that perspective as well. Does it does it make sense from a FPL manager perspective uh, if to, for him to be awarded for the next at least two three game weeks, or for the for the wild card to be uh, delayed to some extent? Yeah, it's an it's an interesting one, Anuj, uh, and I do uh, agree that DCL is a great shout. Uh, the problem is, so I don't have DCL, uh, so that's why I need to plan for a captain, and I'm not sure if I'll be getting DCL in any moment because I might go Damari Gray and just try and cover the Everton attack. So that's point one. Point two, if you really look at Ole and how he's kind of uh, dealt with most of the so-called star players or characters, I think he's given them a lot of leeway. He's kind of uh, given them. Uh, extended minutes or runs in the team. So, for example, if you look at Maguire in defense or Bruno in midfield, uh, he's really kind of given us enough indicators that he likes to have two or three uh, leaders or characters on the pitch. And when they are on the pitch, uh, he doesn't really go and sub them a lot. So, he's happy to let them express themselves. Uh, and more often than not, he'll take the young guys out of the firing line and you know, make subs with either right. Greenwood or Sancho or the likes thereof. So that's how I see it going. Obviously, it's a tricky one with uh, Cavani uh, kind of uh, feeling sidelined. So obviously, that's a scenario that we have to manage. Okay, so we're gonna take. Uh, you know, there are a couple of questions uh, from from the listeners. So we have Abhinav, who I got on audience or on the on the panel. Uh, Abhinav, uh, you have a question or a point to make? No, I was just uh, wondering. Uh, you know, I I chimed maybe about half an hour after this started. So. Uh, for my perspective, I'm I'm doing a wild card only because I've sort of maybe messed up my midfield a bit. But I'm bringing in Lukaku, 
and i'm just wondering from from bhavin who's who's pretty confident about say, uh, about ronaldo's starting and you know ronaldo's impact maybe even the newcastle game but do you see the that from the last game's perspective the ball being fed into him you know the moment pogba was brought into defensive mid who's going to be the uh, the actual creator of getting the ball to him because if you put greenwood um on the right and then you maybe have maybe you have pogba on the left because that worked but if it's martial on the left do you have enough do you have enough playmakers uh, to feed uh, ronaldo the ball in from the crosses i i would just add this i would just add a little bit to this vavin uh, also if you see your attacking lineup greenwood uh, sancho okay sancho to some extent he used to play with haland sancho he has he has fed a lot of uh, you know through balls to haland in at dortmund but if you take rashford uh, cavani martial uh, greenwood i think they all shooters they yeah. all go for the goals so i am not really okay bruno is there you know pogba can give you two balls here and there he has started well so do you think it's like it's, it's going to be a big issue uh, uh, or or even a small issue or how ole is going to really form the whole formation up what are your thoughts it's a, it's a very valid uh, point anuj and i think it's a it's a you know style or a tactic that we have to Uh, evolved to so for example if you look at uh, ronaldo in juventus uh, juventus were the top team in serie a for crosses and long balls uh, thrown uh, across the 20 teams uh, and if you look at our team uh, granted you don't see greenwood and uh, martial really looking to pass but on the other hand you do have uh, you know your fair share of passers in the form of pogba Uh, Bruno and the long crosses that Shaw uh, keeps uh, throwing around. In fact, if anything, I think uh, Ronaldo being there helps improve Shaw's assist potential as well. Uh, that's one of the reasons I am looking to hold on to him as well. So, uh, no doubt in saying that uh, we don't have really the uh, the best. Uh, and Sancho, of course, uh, as Anu said, he's played with Haaland, so uh, I'm sure he's kind of uh, more than uh, capable of. putting those balls and crosses in so i think uh, it will be an interesting one no doubt but what really works uh, in his favor is is really the chunk of uh, three fixtures uh, between game week 4 and 6 that really skews my uh, decision yeah i think from from my perspective i'm going to give that for you know that game week 4 to 6 which is going to be fairly simple so you want to see probably enough of a flavor and i think lukaku even in the one win and the one draw has shown enough to kind of you know demand himself plus with the 1 million cheaper to you know come right in i think the 4 to 6 is a great uh, eye test period for for ronaldo in the premier league ronaldo 2.0 in the premier league um but i think uh, lukaku becomes a you know an easy uh, easy in for for bruno Uh, and then eventually 12 to i think it's 12 to 26 or something united fixtures are just absolutely gorgeous yeah, 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 and absolutely. at that point in time uh, like right now i'm still going to hold on to greenwood um, i just feel like somehow somewhere this guy will still be involved uh, and i'll hold him for that 4 to 6 period but uh, uh, in that 12 to uh, 26 or so that's when you want to know whether are you are you going with ronaldo are you going with bruno because you don't know what the setup will be Uh, and it, it's a big question mark. So that four to six is a great eye test period to 
even for ole you know he couldn't have gotten him at a better time where he can do a little bit of um you know juggling around to make sure he can find out where exactly he wants to play i mean he knows where but how exactly is he going to have pogba on the left will he move sancho to the left because sancho's played left for dortmund as well um and have uh, greenwood on the right uh, i think martial won't won't really start much anymore but uh, once that you know that formation is set up because you've seen lukaku has just come in and he's just he's settled in like nobody's business he seems to be asking for the ball every moment uh, and that that's exactly what i'd want from an fpl asset that you know someone who gets the ball and is kind of a sure to be involved in every goal um no, i guess I that yeah, absolutely ronaldo absolutely in. i so i think a couple of factors which are in favor of lukaku is uh, obviously the eye test has been done he has bulldozed himself whatever games he has played uh, irrespective of whatever the situation was uh, in the game uh, his next three fixtures his two fixtures still are all right uh, sorry no i think he has tougher fixtures than united but at least it has been seen that he has still one fixture which is the next one uh, which is i think against uh, aston villa at home chelsea is playing his first game at stamford bridge uh, so yeah it's going to be a tricky one so i guess people are uh, picking up picking up between ronaldo versus lukaku obviously kane right now is not in the picture as abhishek i think pointed out from game week 9 kane and so on might come into the picture uh, but yeah as in uh, it's it's about fixtures plus i test versus yeah. just the figure of ronaldo and how much is you know he's like a shooting machine and you know he had a he, i think his he had he shot around 160 162 shots in in syria last season where juventus still finished fourth so that that's going to be interesting uh, to see uh, uh, abhinav i'll get back to you hemang uh, uh, no. i'll get one question from him hemang uh, go for it yes yeah, sorry sorry i was unmuted sorry no problem hi hi good evening everyone and happy sunday okay so guys my question is fairly simple okay i've heard the entire you know uh, i think the most the, the, you know the dilemma that most of fpl managers would be in this week is that they need to bring uh, you know to get ronaldo in they need to get rid of an uh, united as- asset now typical own united assets are greenwood and uh, sorry are fernandes and shaw which is i think omnipresent across all team to templates which have i think more or less been there and i'm talking about you know the, the most common ones now if if money is not a constraint who do you get out do you get out shaw or do you get out bruno can you or would be you know overexposing having bruno plus ronaldo just on a united team as in i would just take uh, a minute on this uh, i think after anybody else can join in uh, i would keep shaw because uh, you know considering uh, as we just discussed two minutes back about the, the crossing capabilities of man united especially now when ronaldo is going to play up front uh, I think Shaw is looks like a must now. People who have started with him from game week one, they should definitely kind of keep him. Uh, Bruno's obviously value goes down a little bit uh, from a 12 million uh, asset. Um, had he had he been like a son, has had he been priced like son, people would have still thought right. So 10 million versus 12 million, but I think Bruno's uh, value goes down a bit. Uh, I, I would I would say Shaw is is a must now. Uh, especially with the cross crosses coming from the left and you know his attacking capabilities uh, what do you think avin bavin agree anuj i i don't think uh, if you get ronaldo in you really need a bruno because a uh, if you're captaining a united player you would go ronaldo over bruno any day uh, and uh, that really frees up uh, money for you to not compensate the other areas of the team as well 
so in fact it's pretty much the transfer that i have in mind is to get bruno out uh, by a 6 7 million mid and upgrade uh, one of the budget forwards to by ronaldo so that would be my way of thinking yeah i agree with lovin i don't think too many people will have both bruno and ronaldo in the same team uh, it just constrains you from having other big hitters from other teams uh, so no i think shaw and ronaldo probably could be could be dangerous we love to see right i think some stats on uh, you know uh, lukaku and since since ronaldo and lukaku played in the same league last last year round uh and there's a huge i think 1 million difference is a huge in terms of fpl uh, pricing uh so i have just this number about lukaku scored 24 goals uh, obviously cr7 scored 29 lukaku's assists were 11 uh, whereas cr7 was 3 so the total goal involvement for lukaku was 35 vis-a-vis ronaldo's 32 uh so you know if you have to kind of Uh, zero in so minutes per goal involvement for Lukaku was five minutes lower than CR7s. Now, obviously, you can argue if somebody's a stats-driven person, you know, this should kind of convince them a little bit. Yes, Lukaku has to stay in the team or should be bought over CR7, considering Lukaku's uh, uh, Chelsea's fixtures turn around, uh, and and also the the holding capability of as, as a striker for Lukaku. So Kane. obviously had a stellar season uh, in a 2021 season uh, his goal involvement is second after lukaku uh, as abhishek said you know 10 minutes back that kane in epl is a proven commodity and he is now at 12.3 uh, and i think last season he was fixture proof to a great extent now if now are we really saying that uh, again for any fpl manager is it how much of a weightage will you give for information which is in front of you versus information which you don't have at all which is cr7 in this case that's this question for bhavin and avin since we 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 spoke about rotating these premium strikers and and, and i'm i'm assuming that sala is going to stay permanent in everybody's team now since bruno is going off so do we is uh, is your thought process also about rotating between these three whether you have whether you will have one out of these three or you are okay having two out of these three uh, plus sala uh, what is what is, what do you think have you thought about that uh, bhavan absolutely anuj so i think in terms of uh, you know the way the season has uh, been so far uh, i think this is the season where uh, you know you have to uh, rotate your premiums and look at your captaincy preferences and build a plan accordingly Uh, so i definitely am looking at two premiums uh, who tend to go well with each other and i think the idea was that for the first six game weeks uh, liverpool and united rotated very well uh, of course uh, fpl has thrown us this curveball in the form of ronaldo uh, and that is why we are having to tinker uh, and have you know a kind of quick uh, fit there uh, of ronaldo in place of bruno uh, so definitely looking at two premiums definitely looking to rotate them uh in fact if you see game week 7 onwards uh tottenham and chelsea have a great rotation i know chelsea have great fixtures all through but if you were to look at in terms of rotation tottenham and chelsea rotate very very well together so uh, you know it could be even a scenario where you downgrade salah to say a uh, uh, 8 9 million mid and have two heavy hitters in attack in the form of kane and lukaku and rotate them for captaincy uh 
so that could be a plan as well but definitely two premiums for me no more because it kind of breaks up the squad in other places yeah i mean i i'll, I'll go with what bhavin is saying i think rotation especially this season out of all becomes very very important uh, unless of course uh, somebody turns out to be totally fixture proof but i think with with so many big players uh, this year with kane staying uh, in at tottenham uh, lukaku obviously and we spoken about ronaldo salah I think just having more than two out of you know these four is not going to be possible. Uh, so it has to be rotation. I I don't think Salah also Anuj as you said I don't think he's going to be in everybody's team for the whole season. Uh, obviously depends on how much the price rises or falls. But he'll also have a few weeks where we'll probably get in somebody uh, somebody at the same level. But With with better fixtures, so I, I look at rotating. Uh, I am right. keenly looking at uh, that game week twelve thirteen uh, when United just starts with a beautiful stretch for ten fifteen games where they play hardly any big team. I think uh, uh, Ronaldo. Yeah, it's from it's it's from game sixteen, game week sixteen to twenty seven where they don't play the so called top six, none of the top so called top six. Absolutely. Uh, so I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe maybe that's a time when you you may want to have both. Fernandez and, and and Ronaldo, if if both are consistently giving double digit hauls, so so we'll see. But rotation is going to be, I think, very very important for everybody this season. Yeah, as in uh, Chelsea's fixtures from seven to eleven are Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, and Burnley, and all these five teams, maybe apart from Brentford, as we discussed, uh, as in Bavin had pointed yeah. out, their defense is still looks the best amongst all these five. But I think uh, Lukaku would be, uh, you know, looking his lips in terms of. Uh, These five fixtures. So, so yeah, as in, uh, yeah, I think, and, and honestly, we we're not even we're not even considering somebody like a KDB here, right? Uh, obviously, he's not fit yeah. right now. Uh, and in once he comes back, and if and obviously City is going to is going to be in contention, they're going to fight for the title again. Uh, he's going to be the focal point. And and like Kane, this guy is fixture proof. Uh, he he's always there. And if he starts bagging in, you know, a scores and assists here and there, those eight, ten, twelve point hauls. Then what do you do? Uh, I think yeah. you know, so it's going to be very interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the person or the manager rotates best gets his captaincy called right week in week out. I think that's going to be a differentiator if you ask me. No, absolutely. I think it's the captaincy call has never been more important. All right, uh, we will move into a last section where Bhavan uh, and Avin and I will discuss our wild card draft teams for managers who are. Can uh, use a wild card, uh, Bhavin. Would you like to start with your draft first? Sure, Anush. Uh, so, in terms of my uh, wild card draft, and again uh, to make it amply clear, not looking to wild card unless things go uh, bad. Uh, but in terms of what my wild card draft would look if I was to wild card today. Uh, so, starting from the goalkeeper position, uh, as I said, to my mind, I think uh, Brentford. Uh, and Raya are the goalkeepers. Uh, is the goalkeeper to target? Uh, are the team to target uh, in goal? So I would have Raya and Steer in goal. Uh, Steer is a great option because with Martinez uh, and his quarantine kind of uh, restrictions kicking in, uh, Steer is the backup Villa keeper, so he may get a few games. So right. obviously a great shout uh, for a second goalie spot. Uh, in defense, uh, I think there are two. Uh, Three certainties in my team, uh, probably for as long as they don't get long-term injuries. Uh, Trent is a certainty. Uh, I don't see him getting dropped anytime. Uh, the 
Southampton, four million defender, Livramento. I think he is uh, last season's uh, Mitchell, if you were. And prior to last season's... He's 4.1 now. He's 4.1 now. Yeah. 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 So, uh, those are two players that are not going anywhere. Uh, my third spot is currently Shaw. Uh, for the next four game weeks, I would still stick with him and then probably move him on to a Chelsea defender. Uh, the other two spots are Cody at 4.5 uh, as the fourth defender and Williams as the 4 million fifth defender because I'm not really looking to play uh, the fifth defender ever. So he'll be the last spot on my bench. In terms of uh, the attack, again, the attack picks itself as we were discussing. Uh, so going with Ronaldo uh, with the idea of moving him on to Lukaku later. Antonio is a lock. I don't think he's going anywhere. And the third spot is with Calvert-Lewin uh, currently. Uh, so those are kind of the three attackers. In midfield, of course, Salah is a lock. Uh, so is Torres and Traore for me. Uh, and the next two spots are really the filler. So I'm trying to do that eight attacker uh, uh, draft if if we can afford it. Uh, so I have Demari Gray and Ben Rama currently. But you can also swap them for, say, a 4.5 million mid like uh, Gilmore and uh, have a 7.5 million mid, uh, say, a Jota or Or, or Sissoko from Watford because uh, from he's moved from Spurs. I think he, he, looked quite, quite, he looks quite attacking when Watford's fixtures. I think Watford's four, four five, six, seven game week fixtures are pretty decent. True, true, true. So, that's where uh, I would be in terms of uh, my wildcard draft. So, as I said earlier again, uh, the idea really is to just one sec. Sorry, no problem. Okay, we will we'll, uh, go with Avin. Avin, uh, yeah, what about your draft? Uh, any wild cup drafts that you have uh, yeah, made up? Yeah, yeah, there is there's one, uh, but uh, for, sorry, before that, are you are you doing wild, no, club, uh, wild no, card now? No, okay, no, no, right. no, just a caveat, no, no wild card uh, this week. Uh, the earliest probably would be after seven, seventh week. If I can survive without that, then I think it's going to be 11, 12. Uh, so, quick uh, rundown of the on the team. I'll start with the forwards here. Uh, I think forwards are, are no-brainer. Probably everybody's going to go with uh, Ronaldo, DCL, and Antonio. Uh, at least the standard wildcard draft. I'm assuming that people would want wildcard, would want to get Ronaldo in. So, there uh, he'll be one of those three forwards. Midfield, uh, I have Gilmore, Rafina, and Ben Rama as the uh, as his three who are like low mid-price midfielders, I would probably stick with them. Uh, Gilmore, Rafina for sure. Uh, uh, ben Rama can be switched to uh, to somebody like a Saka or a ESR uh, if, if if somebody is bullish on the, the, the Arsenal run of fixtures. But again, that's something that we have to see. Uh, Salah obviously has to be in the team. Uh, Salah picks himself. Uh, and the fifth position again is, is something of, of a toss-up. Uh, it all depends. And I, I would rather get Somebody with a with a clean run of fixtures. Uh, Traore fits in there, as Bhavin was saying. So that probably rounds up my uh, my midfield defense. Uh, from my current team, I'll stick with uh, uh, TAA. I'll uh, stick with Shaw uh, in my draft, and I'll stick with uh, White. These are three who would um, who should be in the wildcard team. Um, somebody's planning to do that this week. The fourth and fifth again are toss up. I, I would get in. A, a, a defender from Wolves. Uh, if somebody has budget left, it can be Semedo, it can be Saez. Uh, but if you want to go cheap, uh, Cody uh, is, is a lock-in. Uh, and the fifth spot again uh, is is you know you would you could stick to uh, an attacking 
player like you know digne if you have him uh you know some people might want to go in for a man city defense uh, with mendy out uh, cancelo zinchenko kind of become uh, uh, you know good good picks there so it all depends on you know how we want to look at it i would probably stick with uh, with uh, somebody from everton uh, either coleman who had a good game or 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 dine uh, and on the goalkeeping steel probably at 4 uh, becomes uh, one of the picks and the other one again i would i would stick with uh, uh, with sanchez who i already have in my in my team then go with raya again i'll the brentford sort of fixtures are, are really bad after two games so if you're wild carding now you would not would not want to get a keeper who just has a bad sort of fixtures uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in the next 5 6 uh, so that's probably going to be the team uh, as i said one or two changes here and there but i think that's a template that probably people will will follow if they are wild carding this week all right perfect i will just uh, give a draft without ronaldo uh, so lukaku dcl antonio Uh, you know, it's funny that we haven't even spoken about West Ham's fixtures, and we are just assuming that Antonio would be continuing with this form forever, and we and that and he's going to be fixture proof. So that that's something we can talk about in the next session. Uh, so Lukaku, DCL, Antonio. Uh, uh, I have Salah as my main premium midfielder with Torres and Greenwood. Uh, considering the fact that I'm not sure, uh, you know, how how uh, Ronaldo is going to. Easily gonna just jump into the team. Pendrama stays there. Uh, West Ham attacking uh, numbers are just too good to be ignored. And the fifth midfielder would be Sissoko. Sissoko is at, again an attacking midfielder, though he's he, he's he's a midfielder. Uh, I think uh, Watford at home is the team to watch, uh, and they showed it in the game in the first game week against Aston Villa. I think uh, Sissoko is is he runs like a bull. He's always there. He you know I wouldn't be surprised for a 4.5. you know uh, his, his he, he will his xa numbers might just start going up uh, the more more watford plays and watford's fixtures are decent in the next three, three game weeks defense uh, will st- sticking with the uh, taa shaw i think these two will get you numbers uh, get you points uh, if you stick with them uh, throughout the season livermento from southampton southampton's fixtures again uh, get easy from game week 9 and i'm sticking with arsenal uh, defense so if, if if everybody's talking about fixtures why i don't understand why are we not even uh, you know keeping arsenal defensive uh, assets in into the attacking i can understand you know but but defensive uh, is something which i would definitely stick with and wolves semedo uh goalkeeping i am still kind of confused i am still sticking with sanchez from brighton obviously their fixtures were good in first three uh, their fixtures aren't too bad it's it's a mixed bag um uh, with with another 4.0 uh, goalkeeper which which I'm still kind of confused about so yeah that's that's the non uh, ronaldo uh, kind of a team uh, so let's see we have we, we will try to do a session uh, before game week 4 uh, where people will be more certain about the teams uh, you know as avin and bavin said you know it's it's going to be a tricky one uh, whether you're going to do a wild card avin is taking a huge uh, long term view on uh, you know till game week 12 avin Before you before you consider Ronaldo, yeah, I mean by the time anyway we'll know, uh, you know whether it's a it's an illusion or we are seeing the the old Ronaldo. But yeah, I mean uh, not before. Uh, I mean I think they play Chelsea in game week thirteen uh, uh, and eleven is Man City. Yeah, there's one plum fixture in between them. But I think after thirteen is the best time if you were to look at that stretch of games. Otherwise, uh, definitely uh, not until eleven. Uh, Everton. 
Leicester, Liverpool, Tottenham, Man City, back to back, five games. No, yeah, no, no, true. no way. You, I mean, twelve point five against these five teams. It's it's just too tough. All right, fair enough. Every every manager has his own ideology. Uh, thank you once again, guys. Hope you uh, enjoyed the stats and the discussion we had. Obviously, none of the discussions are going to be enough in making up your minds. At the end of the day, it's your personal call. Hope we were able to help you to some extent. Uh, we will see you next week, uh, probably by Thursday or Friday. Uh, since uh, till the time we will have more idea about whether you know what what teams are people, what decision I feel managers are going ahead with. So thank you once again. Thanks, Evan. Uh, thanks, Emma. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please do give us feedback at www.sporttribe.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-R-Y-B-E.com. We love to constantly evolve in order to make the tribe bigger than before. Thank you for listening.